What up, what up? The traders are in the building. Hello, my name is Saul. And I'm Judah. And welcome to the Traders Pod, brought to you by Hot Mouse Boston and Mrs. Pasternak. Our podcast is here to go over historical stories and views and get a better understanding of what the people of those time periods did. Today is the beginning of our new season where we are talking about American Jewry, where we look at the Jews throughout American history and see what they did, practice, and learn. Today, we're talking about their dual identity. For starters, we're going to talk about what most Jews did, the problems they had to deal with. We're going to wrap it up to 21st century times and see how they evolved for Jews. Now, Judah, I don't know about you, but while researching this topic, I was a little shocked at what we learned. Same. Jews back in the day were much different than what we interpret Jews as today. Yeah, that's no question, for sure. I think we had to start back in the 16th century with, this, with details that almost every Jew did at this time, don't you? For sure. During the 16th century, Jews in the colonies would ultimately have split lives within religion itself. Almost as if their religion was a superman and their social life was Clark Kent. Like, for instance, we talked about this in class and through, like, many examples about this through history where Jews, like, are born and they name their kids a Jewish name like Yehuda or Aaron or Moshe or after something symbolic in the Torah. And that's what they go by in their house, in their community. Everybody calls them Moshe, Aaron, Yehuda. And that's what they're that's what they're known as. But when they grow up and they go and they go to business and they go to work and they go to the grocery store, they don't go by Yehuda, Aaron or uh, Judah anymore. They want to have like a real, they don't want to have a Jewish name. They want to have a non-Jewish name to fit in with everybody. So their Jewish life, their Jewish name doesn't get in the name as their business name. So an example of that is we have a guy in the book, his name was Aaron and he went by Aaron in the show, in his community, in his house. Everybody called him Aaron, but at work, he was called Duarte. And this was so that nobody would really know that he was Jewish or so they, they wouldn't see his Jewish when he was working. So he had a split life in his name phrase. So Duarte is business and Aaron was everything else. And another yeah. another and example. Record, so, just to uh, yeah, continue, go ahead, sorry. Another example we got of that is um, uh, Schultz and where they talk about religion. So they every single religious conversation or like sermon they had was always discussed at their synagogue. Everything that had to do with Judaism or if they want to have a nice discussion about Judaism or Davin or even just like ask the rabbi a question that would only be done at the synagogue, no anywhere else, like not even their houses. Only synagogue. But if they want to talk about anything else, they'll go to the, the Newport Social Club. That was like where Jews went. It was, it was only Jews, but they never talked about Judaism. They only talked about what they what like anything else in their life, what was happening, any events like any gossip they want to talk about. If they want to talk about Judaism, they wouldn't go to the Newport Social Club, but only go to the Jews. So this splits their life even more, saying, hey, look, our Jewish life, we're only going to talk about in our synagogue, where we daven, but outside in the Newport Social Club, we're only going to talk about anything else that happens in the world. Anything that we want to talk about, we're going to talk about that in the real world, and our Jewish stuff, we're only going to talk about that in our Jewish world. So that's how they really split their identity. That's one of the ways that they really split their identity. So Can you just think, can you just think about that nowadays? Like, if we were, imagine if we, like, in Schultz, like, didn't talk about sports and, like, fantasy football and, like, and all that stuff. And we had to go to this club to do that. Like, 
that's crazy. You know, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, today I think we're it's completely different. Like I would say during Shaw, I talk about a thousand other stuff besides Judaism, and like I would say I probably talk about Judaism more outside of Shaw than I do in yeah, Shaw. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, I was gonna. I agree with that. Yeah, like, during Shaw, think... I'm not trying to daven, right? I mean, I am trying to daven, but I'm also trying to talk to people about like sports other stuff and I can't just talk about Judaism stuff all for four hours. Like I'll talk about that like at the at the Shabbos lunch table. My dad asked me, yeah, I can't only talk about current events there. Right. I mean I think that's a great point. I think I think that's kind of how we've evolved religiously. I think the show has now become both a social and a religious place. And same with our club outside of outside of show where it's sort of like our lunch tables and our and our hangouts after after show and i think that's really evolved into like a dual in a sense a dual a dual identity of its own but except the dual identity becomes one and i think that's actually something really interesting yeah i think like back then like if they heard like an interesting sermon like or like when like we learned something interesting in class from like rabbi jaffe like back then they would all go to like the synagogue talk about it here nowadays we are just like go to the lunch here, I'll talk about it. It's really different today from nowadays, but we will get into how life today is different from later, later on in this podcast today. We're just right at right now. We're going to focus on back then and we will get to today's differences later in the podcast. That's right. Um, after this commercial break, we will go through the main problems that Jews did through, or the main problems, excuse me, the main problems that Jews suffered through um, during the 16th century. Um, I'm Saul Fetter. I'm Gio Gortz. And this is the Traders Podcast. And welcome back to the podcast. It's your boy, Saul. Alongside me is Judah Gortz. And now we are going to talk about the problems that 16th century American Jews had to deal with. Now, to give a little background, um, these Jews were working regular jobs, um, like everyone else in in the um, colonies, except they obviously had something special. They had Shabbos on Saturdays. They had holidays during the weekdays, and they also, you know, didn't eat pork. They kept co- they kept kosher. So, um, obviously, this was a big challenge, and these are the three main problems for um for jews at this time and um obviously i'm gonna hand the phone over to judah over here and he's gonna elaborate this on a little a little bit more than i will now judah why don't you tell us a little bit more about what they did what the problem was with shabbos and what the solution was for that yeah so i'm gonna talk about the problems with their dual identity how they really couldn't manage having an only having only jewish life in the jewish world and having a non-Jewish life in the secular world. So I'm going to talk about what problems they faced during that. So one of the main, the biggest problem, one of the main problems they faced was Shabbos. So Shabbos was, as you know, is on a Saturday and the Krishna holiday, um, the Sabbath for Christians is on a Sunday. So everybody uh, like in the secular world took Sunday off. So they worked six days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and they took off Sunday. But for Jews, they can't work on Saturday. So that means they'll need to take Saturday and Sunday off. So that means they'll take two extra days off, that, and that's one more than everybody else, and they're not working on a day that everybody else is working on. So this caused huge problems for Jewish people around the world. Like, what do they do? Are they going to focus? Are they going to 
cancel dual identity and just not work on Shabbos and let everybody else know that they are Jewish and that they can't work on the Saturday? Or are they going to keep their dual identity alive and break Shabbos and work on Shabbos to make sure that everybody sees them as normal and not Jews? So different Jews had different opinions. So the main, like most Jews, wanted to keep their dual identity alive. And they thought the only way to keep their Jewish life separate from their work life was to break Shabbos. So most Jews actually worked on Shabbos in order to keep this happen. So I'll, I'll probably, I would say around most of the Jews in, in America at the time weren't that religious or they were religious, but they wanted to keep that. They thought dual identity was more important. So they decided to just break Shabbos and work on Shabbos so that everybody else thinks that they're normal, they have their own life, they're not Jewish, or maybe they thought they, they were Jewish, but they want to keep their Jewish life separate from their work life. But the the religious Jews or the the more religious Jews than them, they didn't want to work on Shabbos. So what do they do? They thought of some solutions how to get a void. Some would just not work and get, I actually heard this in a class, I forget which class was that, one Jew or one person actually quit a job, got a new job every week because he, they gave out paychecks on Saturday and he said, I can't work on Saturday. So he said, if you don't work on Saturday, I'm going to fire you. So this Jew actually quit his job every Friday so that they would need to pay him. That's or crazy. no, they, they fired him. They fired him so that they would pay him every Friday and they got a new job every week Jeez. in order so he wouldn't work on Shabbos. I forget where I heard that from, but I heard it in my mind. I'm telling the truth. I heard this in class. I just forget which class, but I will ask around and find out which class I heard this from. Don't worry. We believe you, Judah. We believe you. But, thank you. But um, most Jews actually did not do this, and they found other alternatives to find, figure out how to work on Shabbos. So in the book, there's an example of a Jew who did not want to work on Shabbos, but he wanted to get this deal done with this merchant because the next day was Sunday, and he didn't want to date it, and he didn't want to wait until Monday to get the deal done. So he actually hired a Shabbos goy to do the work for him which is kind of better, kind of not better, because technically you're not supposed to hire um, a Shabbos goy to do the work for you because it's like the same thing. You can't ask someone to do work for you. And the person was not impressed because he says you either it's need to... look. Yeah, it's it's, you look. either need to keep your religious, like you actually need to be religious to just not work on Saturday. Like this is the same thing as working on Saturday in the eyes of the non-Jews. So this was not a good look for the Jews. And like this guy, like he didn't really like this and he probably lost business of it. So it's like, even ultra religious, they were the same as the the other people who did who worked on Saturday. Hiring a Shabbos guy in the eyes of the Jew and the non Jews back then was like the same thing because you either need to take your religiosity really seriously and just not work on Saturday at all, or you have your Jew identity and you work on Saturday and you just like have your Jewish life whenever you can and it's second priority. But that's pretty much that was a problem for the Jews on Shabbos. So now I'm gonna give it over to Saul to talk about what the Jews did on. Yom Tov, it's pretty similar to Shabbos, but a few flukes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, before we get to um, Yom Tovim, um, sorry for the noise in the background. We're in school right now, so kids are going crazy out here. But um, that, before we get to holidays, I want to elaborate on what Judy said real quick about how it was a bad image to have a Shabbos going, but it also rem- – it also – was a bad look because they this guy understood what Shabbos meant to the Jews because he considered it like they, like his Sunday and he in his mind would never hire somebody to do his work on Sunday so he couldn't he was just like appalled by this and I think that's something that's really important because 
it's the Jews obviously didn't seem to have a problem with this because they were just trying to stay afloat and like and like keep their businesses alive and whatnot and like be respectful to the customer. But the customer, that's not what they saw. They saw somebody that was just trying to make extra money in a sense, sort of a greed. And I think and I think that's a really key point that that people miss a lot of the time when they say they worked on Shabbos because to us, like Shabbos going doesn't sound terrible, but like to the eyes of well, it sounds terrible to me, but to the eyes of the Jews back then, it didn't sound as bad as just working at all. As was just working. And I think that was a big misconception. That, so that's, yeah, a, that's a great point, Saul. Like, yeah, like you gotta you gotta also go look in the eyes of the Christians because they know what Judaism they know what religiosity is. They are religious people, so they they respect your religious freedom. So like you gotta listen to them. Like they see your religious they they see your a true like actually care about your religion or you don't there's no like in the middle you either need to care exactly. about it or you don't so that's what they see so that was a great point so yeah exactly um and i mean so to go into holidays like you said it's pretty similar to shabbos obviously it was just less time less times during the year but you know we are we know that holidays fall out during the week and I, that obviously is a huge problem because christian holidays they never um, correct me if i'm wrong but i believe easter is always on a sunday um, they didn't really have Thanksgiving then. Be and then, I mean, they might have. Don't quote me. I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure. Someone fact check me on that one. But they don't celebrate like we do today. Um, but I'm pretty confident Easter was always on a Sunday. And I think for them, imagine like a worker being like, "Yo, boss, like, I can't come in. I can't come in on Monday, Tuesday in this week. It's it's a Jewish holiday." And then ten days later, "Yo, I can't come in on Wednesday. It's a Jewish holiday." And then the six, seven days later, eight days later, it's circus, you know, those add up. Like, I know my mom today uses, like, and my dad, they, like, use, and I know Judy's dad does well. They use all your vacation days just on holidays alone. So, like, I feel like it was back then, it definitely was super, super hard for Jews to get through holidays. And um, I think I think it kind of goes in hand with Kashrus, like, especially something like Pesach, like you can work Chalmai Pesach, but like, what do you, what do you, you have a meal, you have a, you have a dinner, a dinner meeting and all of a sudden the only, and you keep kosher. So the only thing you eat at the meal would be bread and cheese and bread and butter, but PS, you can't eat bread because it's, it's Chalmai. So I think, I think this was a really tough situation for Jews to be in. I think obviously one solution was the Shabbos Goy, whether you agree with it or not, people did it. But I think, there was no real, it was no real solution to this because it was so, so little throughout the year. And like, I'm sure, I'm sure you were able to reschedule some events and stuff, but like there, it was really hard for Jews to deal with holidays. And I think a lot of people didn't celebrate them. And I believe in the Sarna book, he elaborates on this and says that Jews usually picked um, working and that if they could get to the holiday, great but they usually just worked on the holidays. Tell me if I'm wrong, Judah. I believe that's right. Yeah, actually, we just uh, we got our fact checker to fact check Saul, and he was actually right about Easter only being on Sunday, but he was wrong about Christians just do have holidays during the week. Christmas falls out during the week most of the time, so that was a quick fact oh, check yeah. by our fact Sorry, checker. Uh, and to elaborate on Saul, yeah, the Jews most of the time only – uh, worked uh, only kept Yom Tov if it was important, like if it was convenient for them. If it didn't have work that day or if there was no business going on that day, then they would keep 
then they will keep uh, Yom Tov or else uh, everything else they, uh, they didn't keep. So they only kept Yom Tov if it was important for them. And uh, the last problem that I'm going to talk about right now about dual identity with Jewish life is kashru. So as, as everyone knows, the Jews have strict uh, kashru. Like it needs to be slaughtered a certain way. It needs to be a certain animal. The, uh, that, is, that is class, but we'll continue. Um, so um, so uh, kashru was uh, a very a big problem for the Jews. Uh, so they had two options. One, they could either spend more money. Also, yeah, the kosher... Kosher meat's way more expensive than non-kosher meat, so they can either spend they could spend more money on kosher meat. They could not eat kosher. They could try to not eat that much meat. So they had a very big problem over here. So most of the Jews actually, uh, like in America, most Jews uh, slaughtered their own meat and they uh, killed their own animals. Some the slaughter wasn't really technically that kosher, but they did uh, slaughter kosher animals. So they got kosher meat, but the slaughtering wasn't all the time kosher which but technically they still got the right idea kosher meat they tried to slaughter a kosher so that's what most jews tried to do the rich jews thought that counts yeah that counts like they tried to do it they tried to keep it they spent money on it but they on the other hand they didn't know how to slaughter correctly uh rich jews actually hired a slaughterer to come in and teach them how to slaughter how to do it for them and they actually slaughter and the the rich and the person slaughtered their own meat so the rich jews in america the rich Jews in America actually slaughtered their own meat. So they were the, um, they actually got kosher meat. So if you had money back then, then you would uh, slaughter your own meat. So that's what the rich Jews did. And the uh, poor Jews who didn't have any money, they just, whatever money, whatever food they could get, mostly pork because that's the cheapest thing. They just didn't eat, keep kosher because they just simply couldn't afford it. They couldn't afford the meat. They couldn't afford to slaughter it. So they just got whatever they could they slaughtered it and a lot of jews so that's like the three different bases like the middle class jews they bought their own kosher meat slaughtered it themselves so what technically kosher rich jews hired someone to slaughter it kosher meat kosher slaughtering they learn how to slaughter it and poor jews they just they just co- they just whatever they could find they ate and then this is a big problem because like what do you do when you're not in the house to keep your dual identity possible to make sure that you keep your jewish life away from your secular life so what do you do when you leave the house to to go eat out, if you're eating at a non-kosher house, if you have business meeting at a restaurant, what are you going to do? Are you going to eat the pork or are you going to eat the pork? Most Jews kept the distant, kept like away from the outside world. So they ate kosher inside the house, but when they had a business meeting, they would eat non-kosher. So that's what most Jews did. They just ate whatever whatever they were served. They didn't, they didn't make a fight. They didn't say, hey, do you have any kosher meat? They just ate whatever they were served. Yeah. Um... I think most Jews did eat whatever they like wanted, wherever they were. But I think um, some religious families, and I think one particular that we learned, Abigail Franks and Jacob Frank, um, they really did eat kosher. Uh, I mean, they did eat kosher, excuse me. Um, and I think we were reading her letters, and it says that she warned him to never, quote, never eat anything unless it be bread and butter at any home. And I think that is something really, really important to learn is that there were people that still kept kosher and that wanted to keep their Judaism to an extreme level or for this time, an extreme level. And I think that's something super crucial to 
to learning about this time period, that the dual identity was different for each and every Jew, and that each person believes something else. And I think that's something we also have today, um, where Jews also like to, like, they, each Jew has their own belief in what, in what they're supposed to do. And I think that's, that's, that's something that stands out for Jews as a whole. Right, Judah? Yeah, I completely agree with you. And those are really the biggest issues we have with, with the Jews' dual do, do identity. And now we're going to move on to our next topic of conversation, which is what we learned from this unit. That's right. And we'll bring that to you after the commercial break. And we are, okay, wait, nope, three, two, one. Welcome back to the Traders Podcast. I'm Saul, my partner is Judah, and now we're actually going to do something a little different than what we've done for the rest, most of this podcast. We're actually going to connect it to today's time period and how we relate to this dual identity and how I think a lot of people in this world relate to it. Um, for starters, I mean, me and Judah both play sports. We're pretty avid athletes, and I think something that stands out for us compared to other Jews say from New York or, or, or even Israel is that we didn't play on Jewish teams. And I think that's actually something really, really like shocking to a lot of people when I tell them. And I think that's something we should, that we wanted to elaborate on in this, in this podcast. Cause I think it really connects to the dual identity of, and how we've changed the dual identity in, in nowadays. We talked about it in Shul's before, like how we talk about all these random things in Shul's now. We don't need a place. And that we talk even about davening out of Shul. And I think that's one of the main main theories, the main ideas, new ideas about dual identity in America, in, uh, America today is that there is no real dual identity. Everything's together. And I think with the sports teams, I mean, Judy and I played on, um, it really shows. So um, I wanted to give an example of my hockey team um, I've been playing hockey for Brookline, the town, for almost 13, 14 years now. And um, I've been playing with the same 20, 25 kids my whole life now. And, I mean, for starters, in, like, my – in, like, the younger years, in, like, in like second, third, fourth grade, when, like, you, like, like, those kids never met a Jew in their entire life. So when I wouldn't show up to games on Saturdays, and, like, in the beginning of the year when I would miss, like, 10 practices for Jewish holidays, they wouldn't understand why. But once we hit middle school and now high school, these kids have found a new understanding of what religion is. And they now know what Jews are and who they are and what they do and celebrate. And it's actually really fun to be on this team together because they love to learn about it. Obviously, we like to teach about it because, like, when, you know, and I think it's something that's, super different to other sports teams say like playing in your Jewish school or something which I also do where everyone's already Jewish there's you know everything's evolved around Judaism but I think for me per se playing on a non-Jewish team it really changed my look on the world because people respect our religion now a lot more I think than they did in the 16th century and I think that's really special I mean to give a few examples um when we go to tournaments now, that or or just in our regular season, they try to get games to make sure they're either Saturday night after Shabbos or Sundays. Um, when we go to tournaments, they make sure that we have no games Friday nights and our games are Friday morning, and like and that on Shabbos, me and my other friend Ariel Greenberg, who's also on the team, 
we can they support us in having our own Shabbos and they join us even and they want to see what goes on during like say a prayer services and 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 um and stuff like that um team dinners they they buy us when if they're getting pizza for the for the team they go buy us kosher pizza now and it's like it's really a special camaraderie com, com, help me out here Judah. what's the word camaraderie there we okay go. so got i think it. i think we got right. it yeah we got that word but i think that was it's just something that that's really special to do identity today and i think just just to wrap it up and summarize summarize the whole lesson of Jews today and dual identity is that there is no dual identity anymore. It's hand in hand. I mean, um, your job, you know, in interviews now, you say, I can't work on Saturdays, and they say, that's totally fine. And you remind them that you can't work on holidays, and they say, that's totally, or most places will say, that's totally fine. You know, when you're going to a food event, sometimes they'll even order you kosher food and um, uh, sports teams, you know, what we just talked about. I think. I think it's just, it's a more communal thing now. And I think that's something really special. And Judah, I don't know if you have anything else to add. Yeah, like I've, I've had the same experience with you with sports, team dinners and stuff. Like, and I also realized that due to the fact that there is no dual identity, separate lives, I think that people are more accommodating to the Jew, to Jews today. Like I remember when I was playing baseball, I mean, I was the best player on the team, but we had a game on Not Shavuot. Uh, we, we had a game on Shavuot. And the I was the opposing team we were playing. The best player on that team was also Jew, so the two best players were Jews. So they actually canceled the game so that we could both play on Shavuot. So I feel like today, after Shavuot, the, after Shavuot, yeah, the game was postponed from Shavuot to after Shavuot, so we could both play. And I think that today, like, dual identity is just one. We're all one, and I think it's better today than it. Jews today are stronger because of that. We don't we don't need to switch our names anymore to like we're just whatever we're born with. That's our name. Day. Yeah, uh, we can just we can just be who we are outside in the Jewish world and in the non-Jewish world in the secular world. We can act as one. But we don't need to have two different identities. So that's that's what I have to add. I think I think this is a great podcast. Yeah, good good round one, don't you think? Yeah, uh, Traders Podcast. We're wrapping up at AG at J A J A Traders Podcast. We're coming for you. Thank you and have a good night.